Hi, we're back with another Care to Change podcast. We're grateful to have you join us today. This month, we are discussing topics about finding connection and love. You'll be hearing April talk about when your spouse feels more like a roommate than a soulmate with our counselor, Teresa Haskins. As always, we thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux. I'm so glad that you have chosen to spend this time with us. We are the second week in a new series this month of February. The series is on finding love and connection. Last week, if you didn't join us, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to Mike Spencer uh, as he spoke about how to know when someone is safe and really how to set boundaries. What a great podcast for you to listen to. And it really sets the tone for this series on love and connection. And today we have a new guest. Um, This is her first time to be with us on our podcast, although she's not new at Care to Change anymore. (laughs) Teresa, welcome to Care to Change's podcast. So glad this is your first time with us. Yes. First of many, I I hope. I hope so too. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know Teresa, we actually have two Teresas with us right now. Um, This is one of our two Teresa's. Um, Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you and who Mm -hmm. do you love to work with? So I, I, I again have been with Care to Change going on a year. It's been really fast. I can't Mm -hmm. believe it. I am a marriage and family therapist and I, I entered that specific field because of my passion for, for families and really helping families feel the connection and, and really deepening an understanding for one another. So so my key, I guess, demographic is really relationships. So anything having to do with parenting or working with couples, anything that has to do with relationships, that's like my, mm. my sweet spot, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. So I love anything that has to do with relationships. And I would say it was something that really fed that is, uh, you know, the passage in Proverbs where it talks about uh, training up a child in the way that they should go. The real Mm -hmm. literal translation is training up a child in the way that they're bent. Right. So really parenting to understand the child. And I think that feeds over into spouse and Mm -hmm. the connection, really understanding them for deeper connection. That's really motivating for me to Mm -hmm. help people making that connection, really understanding one another, uh, knowing the, the way that their spouse is bent is really, really important, I think. I love that. I love that. So if you are struggling in a relationship, Teresa might be your person to help. And what better person to have this discussion with today's topic. And today's topic is when your spouse feels like your roommate instead of your soulmate. And I cannot tell you how many times I have heard in sessions from couples that have been married three years, five years, 20 years, 35 years, we didn't start off this way, but we just feel like strangers. Mm -hmm. And this episode is for you. So if you are in a relationship or you're getting ready to get married, um, and you've heard other people, and if you're getting ready, you're probably swearing it will never happen to you, just like everyone does, right? But there's this point in life, and there's no prescriptive time when all of a sudden you say, wow, this marriage thing is work 
to keep it more than just together. I say a lot. It's easy to stay married because that's a decision, right? To not, it's difficult to stay in a healthy, lively, fulfilling marriage. Yes. Um, that's very two different things. You can stay married, but it doesn't mean you're, you're feeling that close connection like you were talking about. Yes. So let's dive right into this topic. I, I brought a few questions for you. Okay. The one that seems to be the burning one that I hear a lot. I'd love to hear your, your take on this. This is such a treat for me to hear from someone else on this. The love wears off quote love. And it seems like we're roommates. Why? Why does this happen? You know, one of the first things that I think about is the, all of the hurdles that love is up against. So we, we come to a relationship already with predetermined needs and how we define what love is and how we feel loved. It, it can be totally different from the other. So we're already up against a mountain of, of issues and, and things that just naturally happen. You're so right to feel that what keeps us from really growing and keeping the love going is we just don't make the time for it. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that love is this feeling and that if I fall out of love, that automatically means that, you know, it can't be fixed. And it's not just not true that the the reason why we feel like roommates is that we've stopped cultivating it. Mm. Um, We've stopped putting the work into, to the relationship. You know, I I talk about it a lot when we talk about relationships and marriage and Randy and I aren't the gold star for couples, but one of the, we went through a really intense premarital program before we got married. And um, we say to this day that it was probably the life-saving tool that we were given for us to stay married. you know, we're we're going on 24 years this year. And, and, um, but you, you mentioned this thing of love and coming into the relationship with the preconceived notion of what love is yes. and what the marriage is going to look like. And you think it's the same because you have all these feelings and it, and it seems great and you're getting along and you're presenting your best, yes. you know, at that moment. And yet when you realize on a day to day, what is love? And I know people, you know, you know, I don't know how many years ago, 30 years ago it was, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I think now it's more in the the love languages, even just how do I speak love to my spouse? How does he speak love to me? We don't speak the same language. So he thinks he's providing me love in his acts of service. And I'm like, I don't need acts of service. I want gifts, you know, and I'm thinking I'm giving him gifts. And he's like, I don't need gifts. I want your time. And, and so like you said, cultivating it, but cultivating it in a way that speaks our own language and then recognizing when they're speaking yours. But I love what you said about coming to the marriage with these preconceived notions. And one of the things that we learned in our pre-married was that love isn't a feeling, it's a choice. Because right. if we go into this saying, well, they feel like a roommate to me, not a soulmate. We are like, based on what? Because for us and in our marriage mission statement, we said, we're going to love each other even when that means we choose to do so. Because right. sometimes you may not feel like loving your spouse. And that's when you have to choose to cultivate, to make that love, that love feeling return. Yeah. So I love that you use that term cultivate. Yes. And coming into the relationship with, because what you come into it with sort of sets the tone for what you expect from it, right? Yeah. We, yeah, we have the, uh, the Hollywood idea of it and, you know, the rom-com romantic comedy kind Mm -hmm. of version of it, uh, but but really a relationship. I, I liken it a little bit to development of a child development, where you know we we mm-hmm. have the 
the infant stage and mm-hmm. everything's new and, and, and we're passionate for one another mm-hmm. and, and, and it kind of that honeymoon stage. And then, then we get to the terrible twos where we discover, wait, he does that, you know, when he brushes right. his teeth and, and all of these new awareness of habits and, and is this the guy that, or the girl that I really married? And then, right. Then we go into a phase of, well, they've got to change, you know, and if they don't change, then this is going to be an awful relationship. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get beyond that and to say, you know what? They are who they are. Right. And I, I love that about them, having this appreciation for them. And then you just get to enjoy yourself. So so this expectation that the way you started out is going, it's this continuum mm. when there's actually phases of a relationship and having that expectation that there are going to be phases. And if you can get through the phase, um, it deepens the connection and the understanding. Yes. I, I did a uh, research project back in my undergraduate that has stuck with me and it was on marriage and it was about the stages of marriage, exactly what you're talking about. And we interviewed couples, hundreds of couples, and then looked at the data and we asked them about, you know, the time that they spent together and how satisfied were they with it. And the results were fascinating. But what stuck with me through this whole time was that, you know, after having young children, the marital satisfaction as a whole dips to its lowest point when you have between the two year old to the seven year old. Yes. Now I have teenagers at home. So I'm like, I don't know, like (laughs) that affects your marriage too. But those younger years when you have young children, and they're demanding so much from you, that it removes from the marriage, it's like, no wonder you see these dips. But like you're saying, these seasons of marriage and these stages of marriage really do have an impact on are we soulmates or are we roommates and and you can be one and not the other and and it can work well or not and so like you said cultivate recognizing that there are seasons yes this is common you know and the other is you know we don't come to marriages with a toolbox of how to handle these Mm. seasons and these stages or like, we come to the wrong tools or right, or right. on the toolbox that was created for us in mm. the beginning were all the wrong yes. tools for for the job. You know, I will ask couples, do you want a marriage like you saw in your parents yes. growing up? You know, and like, no, I don't want that marriage or what marriage they weren't married or which marriage because they were married so many times. And well, where did you learn about how to be a husband? Mm-hmm. Where did you learn about how to be a wife? except for what you saw growing up. And as much as we can will ourselves to say, I'm not going to be like, we fall into, because this is what we grew up with, right? And so we fall into this pattern of, oh, and so it takes such intentionality to say, I'm going to first recognize, but then pick up healthy tools. Yes. So that my marriage can be healthy and fulfilling. Yes. Versus uh, what I saw growing up, which may be not the most healthy or even intact, right. you know, for me, it was not even intact. So yes, given the wrong tools, you know, mm. cause we're, you know, we're, we're fortunate. We got to go to school for this, right? Yeah, so we got exactly. to learn these things. <laughs> and how many times were you in a class and you're like, 
wow, I wish I would have known this. Oh my gosh, still. Right? I'm, I'm still like picking up tools, <laughs> right? making my husband do these things. Right? Exactly. Try this out. Absolutely. Read this book. You won't even believe <laughs> yes. it. Like how many, how many years until you get to coast and you don't just get to coast. There's never a, a oh, period of coasting. But how wonderful that is that, that it doesn't ever have to be stagnant. Yeah. That, I mean, it's easy to fall into that rut of stagnation, but that, you know, we can try new things. We can experiment. Mm-hmm. And the one person in your life that you should feel safe mm-hmm. in trying things out, the one person that you feel like I can't talk about anything with is your spouse. Right, right. In in theory, right? So yeah, in theory, you're right. right. Unfortunately, that's not what we always see. So yeah. we know coming into the marriage, you know, I heard you say this pre- predisposed sort of idea this what is it that I'm coming into these expectations mm-hmm. how we cultivate love seasons of life all of these things play a factor right. um, the tools that we have or don't have coming into the marriage all of these play a role in whether or not you stay connected and that have that close feeling yes. of that fulfilling marriage or whether you you become roommates, whether good roommates or bad roommates, right? Functional roommates are we're really great at being roommates. We're just not great at being married, right? I've heard right. that as well. And yes. so all of these things, and I'm sure there are so many more, have an impact on. And our culture today doesn't really promote the cultivation of healthy marriage. Mm. What oh, it takes so true. to create a healthy marriage. That time, the energy, the giving... The setting of boundaries, yes. allowing them to struggle without having to become codependent and fix their struggles or finding your own inner healing versus expecting them to be their your healer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that are sort of counterculture in cultivating fulfilling marriage. Yes. And it's no wonder that our marriages are failing at such a high rate these days. Yeah. The, the go-to answer is, you know, I've got to take care of myself. Right. And so it's almost like there's a, there's this juxtaposition where we enter a marriage because we love one another mm-hmm. and we feel like, okay, if, if that is erased, then right. the, the automatic answer is divorce. Right. But that's not true. Right. And there, there's fixes for that. There's, you know, there's, there are actions that you can take to get back Right. I feel even more deeper, more of a connection than you were before in your honeymoon stage. Right, right. It's so, it's so true. So what are some things that someone can do to prevent this shift in to becoming, you know, disconnected or just to becoming mm-hmm. roommates or on the opposite side, what are some things that couples can do to really cultivate that close connection Yes. And, and vitality that people want. Yeah, I think the very first thing is expect the phases of a marriage. Mm. You know, kind of we, we've yeah. been talking about that, but um, kind of like eyes wide open, mm-hmm. realizing that there are going to be ups and downs. There, It is normal growth pains of a relationship mm-hmm. and it, it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So not being fearful of, the opportunities or are feeling disconnected, but instead making that, you know, seeing that as an opportunity. Okay, wait, I need to put a little more effort. I need to mm-hmm. be more intentional about the way we're spending time together. Yes. Um, and I think that can happen. It's really hard when your kids are mm-hmm. young, but 
if we kind of redefine that time and, and really and really be intentional about the time we spend with one another, I don't think that it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely expecting the phases, expecting the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I really recommend, and this is something that I feel like it's harder for women, is this idea of continual positive regard. Mm. And that is when our spouse, maybe they don't pick up on our asks or Mm -hmm. they don't pick up on our love language right away. Maybe they're not, it feels like they're not listening. They're not giving what we need. Mm -hmm. We automatically go to this negative place where they're not thinking of me. They don't care for me. They're selfish. Mm -hmm. But really instead thinking about, okay, what else could be going on? Mm -hmm. I remember early in our marriage, you know, we had three kids right away, three and under, Mm -hmm. three kids, three and under. And kind of like we were saying, it was a really hard time. Mm -hmm. I remember standing at the sink and I, I just finished doing, I finished dinner. I was washing the dishes. I have a, I think that my husband was like upstairs after working, he's some alone time. And I remember saying to myself, why isn't he doing this for me? Why mm. isn't he mm-hmm. helping me out here? Mm-hmm. And then I, to me, I think it was the Holy Spirit. Something said to me, how does he know that I need this? Right. Use your words. Yeah. And so instead of going to this negativity of he's not doing this for me mm-hmm. because he doesn't care, how much am I really communicating? Mm-hmm. How much am I asking? Right, right. Which is another thing I really think is important is the spirit of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So expecting the ups and downs, having this positive regard, and then having the spirit of curiosity mm-hmm. where you're we are asking the questions instead of making all of these assumptions that right. he's not doing it or she's not doing it right. because he's not thinking of you. But just I, asking. I have such a, a perfect example of both of these two. And I'm, I'm not sharing this out of context. I have permission from Randy to share this story. Uh-huh. We shared it at a recent marriage retreat that we did. And we'd been married at least 15 years, maybe even 20 at this point. So this is not early in the marriage when he mm-hmm. quote, should have known better or didn't know better. <laughs> and it's Christmas time. And I already said my love language is gifts. So I cannot uh-huh. wait to open a gift and uh-huh. put so much thought into other people's gifts and just love gifts so much. And I had a gift and it was his turn to give me his gift at Christmas. And you know, of course, that's what it's all about our gifts, right? Not really. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's how it feels sometimes. So I open this gift. And the kids are leaning in to see my reaction and I open it up and I'm not kidding when I tell you what this is, ladies, Uh have you gotten a worse (laughs) gift than this? It was a toilet paper holder. Oh my God. One of those round ones that sit on the floor with the things sticking up. I have it to this day. And I looked at it and I literally laughed because I thought that's a good one. That's a good one. Now where's my real gift? And the kids turned to Randy and said, we told you she wouldn't like it, dad. (gasps) And then I realized, oh, he's serious about this gift. And then my eyes get big, like, are you kidding me? Like, what is, and so, you know, that positive regard that you were talking about goes right out the door. Of all the things, what on earth made you think I would want a toilet paper holder, right? 
And so I can stay there and just get mad and storm off, which is what my mind wanted to do. Like, yes. I can't even believe this. The worst, <laughs> the only worst thing is a scale, right? Uh-huh. But practicing, you know, what we preach, mm-hmm. the curiosity. So tell me what made you think, even when the kids were with you telling you, do not get this, what made you think for one second, I would love and appreciate this gift. Yes. The curiosity, right? And he said to me, you've been telling me that the bathroom is a place that feels chaotic to you. And we Mm. always just have toilet paper sitting over in the corner. And I thought this would be one way to help you organize that section. So he was actually thinking from a practical standpoint of a way to bring some order to what I had told him felt chaotic to me. Now that's not my choice. Right. It wasn't the toilet paper I was thinking of, but like you said, like, did I communicate this to him or did he look at the floor and say, well, probably what feels chaotic is all those pieces, you know, all those rolls of toilet paper there. So he gets me a toilet paper. We laugh about this now, right? Yes. And the toilet paper holder still sits in our our bathroom. And and we, I mean, we literally still laugh about this because his intent was to be a helper Mm -hmm. and he saw a need that I had spoken and he thought he was meeting that need. So then when I look at it from that standpoint, I think, that was actually really sweet. Now, did yes. I, did I want it? I still didn't want it. But when I got curious, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, that's really endearing that yes. that's what now it's not what I would have chosen. I should have communicated. It wasn't this, it was maybe the colors on the walls and maybe we should have moved where things were, but in his mind, he looked, that's what he saw. He was fixing it. He got, you know, yeah. so it kind of goes to your like positive regard and then being curious. And one of the things that we say so often is, what does it feel like to be you right now? Mm. So mm, if I would yes. have just reacted, how would it have felt to be him? Right. When he did, he put thought into it. I mean, it wasn't my idea of the outcome, yes. but he did. So what would it have felt like to be him at that moment? Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and so when you say positive regard, what does it feel like to be them at this moment? Exactly. And if it's something that we're doing to cause angst, then we need to look at ourselves, right? Not, not absolutely. Them. Again, like I said, we laugh about, uh, about that now. That's so a fabulous story, you know, like, Oh, just <laughs> really what in the world? And he, you know, again, we, we, it's funny now it wasn't at the time the kids still joke with him about oh, that. I, I, it is just priceless. Uh, right. <laughs> and now he has a whole list of things to choose from here. 10 things you can never go wrong. If I ever say I need a gift, you can surprise me by it being any of these 10, you yeah. know, I'm going to make it really easy on you. I'm going to signal my intention here. Here's the thing. But so I heard, you know, going into it with the right expectation, mm-hmm. expecting the seasons, yes, having that positive regard, not automatically going to the worst. Yes. And then be getting, getting curious yes. about your spouse rather than bringing judgment. Yes. Curiosity over judgment. Right. Um, what else? These are so good. So I, I think one really huge element to really keep connection and is not passing up on bids for connection. Mm. And there's a million things that happen through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really our spouse saying, you know, reach for me, connect with me yes. here and 
many times we pass up the opportunity. So it can be the smallest thing. Maybe they, maybe you're uh, driving in down the road and maybe your wife picks, uh, picks out, oh, oh, look at that new coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, really realizing that that's a bid for connection. Mm. I, I'm saying that because I want you to join me in this conversation. Mm. I want you to feel the excitement that I have yes. for another coffee shop mm-hmm. instead of just pass you know just muddling something oh yeah and oh, great another new coffee mm-hmm. shop yeah, yeah, yeah there are a million opportunities a day mm. that your spouse reaches for you and you pass it by mm. so so good if that happens enough they will stop reaching for you oh and mm. when that happens it's almost like the the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. They will stop and then you get the whole feeling of disconnection and yes. and that's really what we're talking about roommates. Yes. You know the the bids are are not there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that staleness. Yes. Yes, I love that. What what do you do when your partner starts to pull away? I feel like that's like a, a warning signal. You know, if you're if you're listening and you already feel like your spouse is pulling away, mm. there are so many things that you can do. Making sure that you are making time for one another. And I I propose a couple of different ways to do that. Definitely spend at least 20 minutes a day really talking to one another. Mm-hmm asking questions, you know, Mm -hmm. what was the worst part of your day or Mm -hmm. really knowing one another's world. Like if you could create a map of, of your partner's world, how accurate would it be? What are they worried about right now? What's the greatest stresses? Who's difficult to work with? Mm. If you're able to create a really great picture of what is going on in their head, then you're doing a good job. I would say check in, making sure that we're not overly confident. Mm -hmm opinions, likes, dislikes, change. So again, we're talking about keeping up the work, making sure we're checking in all the time, Mm. making that communication really important, Mm -hmm. communicating about everything Mm. too. Something else that I like for us, for, for couples to, to do is setting up a weekly Mm -hmm. check-in. We call this lots of different things. Something that I assign my couples is having a weekly check-in that can't be moved or really hard to move. Yes. And then they talk about showing appreciation, talking about what they really did well as a couple, Mm. talking about difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. like what needs to change? I need more of this or I need less of this. And then also checking, asking, okay, what do you need to feel more love from me? Mm. Oh, what a good question. So asking that, asking that question every week. What do you need to feel more love? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's rich. That's, and that is really telling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, always that, that check-in every week, it's, it's really builds on that connection. Mm -hmm. So these are all really, I've been taking notes here and these are all really practical steps to both preventing and sort of drawing your spouse back to you. I, I know our time's wrapping up, but I want to be super honest about life throws curveballs right. and, you know, couples find hurt. And mm. sometimes the, the, the past creeps in yeah. or bad decisions are made that cause 
hurt and the withdrawal and then there's trust issues and all of that baggage as life, what life throws, major life transitions, and then bad choices, all of these things will impact that feeling of a fulfilled, deeply connected relationship and can leave someone hurt, disappointed, frustrated. And so it's not even just roommates, it's just two people living in the same house and not doing that well. So I want to recognize there's this healthy way of staying connected, Mm -hmm. but also recognize there are things in life, right? What you're bringing into the marriage, what happens during the marriage, what decisions are made during the marriage that all can also cause not just disconnect, but hurt, right? Absolutely. And so what I want to say, and that's not the the focus of today's time today really was about that cultivation. I love the word that cultivation of the relationship. But what I want to say to the listeners is, if that's where you are, you know, if you are in a space where you're like, this isn't about us being roommates, like we've got too much. That's the time that I would say, just reach out. If you know, if you feel like roommates, and you're like, I'm doing what I can, I don't know what else to do definitely reach out to us. But if you're in a space where you're like, there's been so much hurt, I don't even know if I can forgive and move beyond this to build trust and strengthen this again. Again, reach out like marriage is between two people. But sometimes there is a a time and space to bring a third person in to Mm. say, let's look at this from a different view. Let's give you those proper tools like you were talking about to help repair what's been broken and build on what can be. So it's like this repairing and this strengthening at the same time that's needed. And so I just want to make sure I I mentioned that to the listeners. And as we're closing out, what resources, if someone's really interested Mm -hmm. in this whole like roommate, soulmate, connection, what resources would you would you recommend for listeners? Yeah, I have a really great book that I, I don't think it's been out very long, Greg and Erin Smalley from Focus of the Family mm-hmm. has a book exactly on this. It's called Reconnected. They also oh, have yes. a podcast. Yes. I really enjoyed the podcast. It's a two-part. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really easy way to start. Is mm-hmm. go, go to Focus on the Family, listen to the the podcast that they put out mm-hmm. regarding the book. And the you know they have a lot of great personal stories mm-hmm. about their own yes. journey of disconnection. Mm-hmm. Another uh, great resource I have is Created for Connection. If you really want a a Christian perspective on connection and attachment, Mm -hmm. it's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, uh, John Gottman is one of my go-tos. And The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work is a really good structural, especially if you're you're beginning and and you want to to really put in place the steps yes. for connection. That's a really great source yeah. too. And might I add another one that's recommended by Hope Restored, Focus on the Families, Hope Restored, and that's yes. the nine lies that'll destroy your marriage. Oh yeah. What to do about those. It's kind of goes along with what you've been saying about the cultivation and where my needs end and his needs begin and and the expectations for marriage and that sort of thing. But right. it's another focus recommended book and so good. So yeah. Teresa, I feel like we could talk about this forever. I'm so passionate about marriages too. So we'll close now. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. If those of you listening, you have questions, you know, text our Caroline, give us a call. If you want to reach out, you know, we're definitely available to help walk this journey of marriage with you. 
giving you those tools and, and um, resources needed so that you can experience that fulfillment in your own marriage. Again, Teresa, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for joining us next week. Super excited about next week's guest as well. So you don't want to miss that as we continue this series on love and connection. Thank you all till I see you again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.